social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't have what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Kelly Agnich. Kelly is the merchandising and social media coordinator at Zazzle. Uh, certainly for me, I know I love because my daughter is completely obsessed with Zazzle and the idea that she can customize just about anything. Uh, Kelly works as part of a larger team that selects the products for the Zazzle homepage, emails, and promotional materials. She also manages a lot of their social in the day-to-day. So she's really has a good understanding of what the Zazzle customer wants within social. Uh, originally, she is from Texas. She now lives in San Francisco with her husband, Michael, and their two young daughters, Landry and Emily. So we share having two young daughters. And I'm so excited to have you here today, Kelly. And I look forward to chatting with you today. Well, thank you. That was quite an introduction. I'm flattered and didn't realize that all of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Kelly, you know how I get all my data as I go through the internet and go everywhere and I say, okay, let me see what I can find out about this person, do a killer intro. Um, and you're pretty elusive. You actually, really, I see a lot on Zazzle, but you're, you're, you've got just some of the basics up there. So usually I like to surprise you with a few secrets, but I was pretty excited <laughs> that I... You never believe everything you read on the internet. Right? That's Isn't true. That the <laughs> that's true. That's true. I was pretty excited that I found Landry and Emily, though. And Landry's a beautiful name. Very different. Oh, thank you. It's actually fairly common in Texas. There's a Dallas Cowboys football coach named Tom Landry. Oh, so and that's not why we named her that, but it was it was it's more common in Texas than it is in California. Really? But thank you. Oh, mm-hmm. that's awesome. How old are your daughters? Uh, Landry's six and a half, and Emily's four and a half, and they could not be more different if they tried. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, I have the same thing. My daughters are eleven and seven, and they are totally, totally opposite in every way, shape, or form. Exactly. Isn't it crazy? They come from the same parents but are just like totally different people. Exactly. That's amazing. Amazing. Well, tell me tell me a little bit about your story and how you came to be in the position that you're in now. To, I love like the kind of just the, the story of how you got your start and how your career developed. I was a double major in business and Spanish in undergrad. Okay. And then moved out to California after graduation and worked in the travel industry for several years. Um, I loved, I'm an extreme extrovert, so I loved managing trips and being in totally new destinations with groups of up to 100 people, but loved the challenge of finding a way to make each of those people feel warm and welcome and really known, especially in a new location. It was just a, it was just a fun way as an extrovert to kind of challenge myself to, to really make their trip outstanding. So you were planning um, the trip? Did you go as well? Or I you... planned the trips and I went on <gasps> the trips as well. Oh, that's so fun. It was fantastic. As an extro- extrovert, I would imagine that would be like the ultimate type of job. Exactly. Love it. Exactly. Um, and then I worked as a personal assistant for a Silicon Valley venture capitalist. You were an executive assistant to the VC? I was his personal assistant. He oh. had an executive assistant as well, but Wow. Purse, it's a very different world out here. <laughs> that is different. So he had an executive assistant and a personal assistant. 
Mm-hmm. Impressive. Okay. And so you had a love of people, and you were working there. And then where did you go? And then I earned my master's in elementary education. Okay. And then after teaching for a few years and having children of our own, I decided to focus on our children uh, for a couple of years and then realized that I was kind of missing a component that I really loved. And again, it, it, the the running theme was my love of people and my love of kind of storytelling and um, found a position at Zazzle doing merchandising, uh, which was a fantastic way to kind of bridge my broad interests. Um, Zazzle offers so many different products and so many different ways to customize the products. I love putting myself in other people's in other people's <laughs> shoes and picking them for them. So, so I mean, think about the wide variety of merchandise that you have at Zazzle. It must be so fun to go in and actually, like, think, like you said, actually, put the, put yourself in the mind of the consumer of, like, what's the next thing that they're looking for? Exactly. That is, exactly. That is awesome. So tell me about, so you were a personal assistant for the VC, then you went to get your master's, you went into education, and then you decided to stay home. Was that an easy choice for you when you when you decided to, to be with your family and, and take the time out of the workforce, or did you struggle with that when you first did it? It was actually an easy decision for me. My entire goal in life from the time I was, from the time I can remember, was to have children. Aww. So that was exactly what I had wanted to do. Yep. Um, but the few years into it, I really was surprised that I found and the kind of a deep feeling that something was missing. I was totally fulfilled as a mother and loved the girls, obviously, but really kind of missed a, a separate element to myself that I had kind of set aside uh, for the girls. It's really amazing that you were able to identify and recognize that, Kelly, because a lot of times people go on for a very, very long time with that feeling and don't actually act. So I think it's incredible that you found the position at Zazzle and were able to kind of make sure that you had the balance of both, that you had a career that fulfilled you and that you had these amazing daughters that you, you, you know, living your dream of having children. That, that's really, really great. Exactly. I think part of actually the segue that I completely forgot about. No worries. <laughs> part, of the, part of the segue from having children to ending up at Zazzle was that I maintained a blog. We're being from Dallas. My husband and I both have family that are still there who obviously wanted minute-by-minute updates on their first grandchildren, and we were thousands of miles away. And yep. It was kind of when the blogging world had just started. So we created a little blog and had intended it just to be for family, and it kind of got picked up by friends who saw us on a daily basis but still loved reading stories about the girls. And people kept saying, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this professionally. Um, wow. And then it, So it's kind of spiraled from that. We, we, we had started a blog when I was pregnant with Landry, uh, to keep our family up to date on the pregnancy and when she was an infant and then found out that she was deaf when she was four months old. So we started an entirely separate blog on our, our journey through cochlear implants and her hearing, her <gasps> speech therapy, which was picked up by other parents who were in the same boat that we were. Wow. So it was fantastic to kind of have that element of my extroversion and have the blog as a tool to reach out to other families and to have other families reach out to us. That must so. have been so fulfilling for you to be able. It was fantastic. Oh, that's amazing. And so, so and you totally start- unintended also. It was just, it was something that we were doing 
as a personal project. Right. Both kind of to have a family history, and we knew that we were sleep-deprived and forget all of it. Wow. <laughs> so we wanted to have kind of a family history, and it just kind of took off. So That's amazing. So you did that when you were home, and you started to build that blog. And did you find that you, in building an audience, obviously was an unintended consequence of that, right? It was just something that exactly. you started writing, and then all these people started coming. Did you Do you feel that that's because it was like content that people could relate to or were you engaging with other bloggers? Did it just sort of totally happen naturally that you grew this? It totally happened naturally. Wow. It did. That's amazing. And then did you, when you started, I'm actually very interested um, about Landry and, and what you said. Did you start getting involved in communities for other parents of deaf children? When you, when we you did, first... and that was not at all my intent. I, I was kind of overwhelmed when we first, we had no idea that she was right. deaf. Right. Uh, so when we found out, we didn't really know what to do. So we reached out to other parents, both in person and by blogs. Um, so I love the fact that our blog has now served as that for parents who went through the same experience that we did. I love so that We were story. so lucky to have that as a resource when we needed it. And now it's fantastic that we can be that resource for other families. That's one of the most amazing things about social media, I think, is the access to communities of, of people when you have an issue or a challenge or something you're dealing with, that there's always others out there that are having that same sort of experience that you can share with. Exactly. Yeah. And so does she got cochlear implants? She did. She, um, uh, we found out she was deaf when she was four and a half months old. She'd failed the newborn screening, but they thought that she had fluid um, and then at four months, found out that she was profoundly deaf. She wasn't hearing much at all. Wow. And then at nine and a half months, she received bilateral implants. Yep. Uh, and was age-appropriate expressively and receptively in her language by the time she was 18 months old. That's so she has. Ne- she's never known any different. She speaks very clearly. She hears everything that we hear. Most she's in kindergarten now, and most of her new friends didn't know that she ever had any kind of hearing loss. That Much is less so incredible. <laughs> that is such an incredible story, Kelly. I'm so happy you shared that with us because I think it speaks a lot to what, you know, a social community can do and just in general um, how how wonderful that is. That That is a great story. It was outstanding. It was such a, a huge resource to have that <sighs> as a new parent with a child with hearing loss that we hadn't expected. And I, I, it was just an outstanding outstanding experience. Wow. It made the, the world and our world a much smaller, more intimate place to have that wow. as a resource. I, I love it. And so you were very natural at social then because you used it personally. So when you looked for, did you go out to look, when you were looking for the Zazzle job, did you look specifically for a job that had social media as a part of it? Or did you just decide that you liked the company? How did you decide you wanted, when you wanted to get back into the workforce, what, what, what were you looking for? I was looking for a position that allowed flexibility. Yep. Um, I, I wasn't completely convinced that I wanted to go back to the workforce full-time um, and wanted kind of a, a situation that I could dip my toe in a yep. little bit before making a, a firm commitment, firm long-term commitment. Um, just kind of to see how the girls reacted and to see if it really was something that I was missing. Um, and then the merchandising position came up and – it was fantastic. It was just such fun to search through Zazzle and search through the thousands of products. So you would literally like look for products. For. To, you would look for products for peop, for the for Zazzle to carry, and you would look at what products were doing well and what weren't, and you would actually exactly. pick them. That is such a cool exactly. job. I came on uh, right before the holidays. I had actually done it uh, for the holiday season previously. So in my second holiday season, I came on, and and it ended up turning into a 
a longer-term position and then it turned into a social media position. But uh, the merchandising aspect was um, selecting holiday cards and selecting holiday gifts. We put together gift guides, like gifts for him, gifts for her, gifts for kids. Um, what a fun job. Guys who like being outdoors. And it was, we were able to kind of nuance and make smaller a huge selection of products. So the people, if, if people wanted to come on Zazzle and search, they were still able to do that. But if they wanted just to come on and buy a gift quickly, we had already curated um, what we thought that they were looking for. That's incredible. And I also think that Zazzle taps into um, just the concept of people wanting things very, very customized. I mean, it's 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 a day and age now where everything feels like it's one-to-one marketing, and Zazzle really taps into that so well. Thank you. We try. Yeah, we're, no, we're I love it. to hear that you think that. I do. I do. Tell me a little bit about how you're using social media for Zazzle and what the approach is. We have a different voice on each of our channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to differentiate that even further. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as social grows, people are creating that differentiation for themselves. They use Twitter very differently than they use Instagram. Yes. Um, and the things that they want to see on Instagram are very different than they want to see on Facebook. Um, so we try to use Twitter for kind of flash sales, and we try to use Instagram more as a storytelling platform um, with really engaging photography. We tested out um, including promotions on Instagram, and they did fairly well, but it just didn't feel like the right fit for that channel. So you feel like um, the user is more just sharing their products or sharing it in a storytelling capacity versus um, an actual like click to purchase and do a promotion. An exactly, activation. and we still mm-hmm. will put in the promotion occasionally, but it's more, uh, hey, it's fifteen percent off site wide today, and we love this product. Mm-hmm. Or someone shared this product last week, and we wanted to pass it along because we thought their photograph was outstanding. Got it. Um, or hey, it's a great day at Zazzle. The weather's fantastic. Here's here's a picture of the outside of the building. I, people actually find that really interesting, right? And I do looking at, at the brands that I follow and the. The content that I like to see, I love seeing inside the companies that I know as a larger brand, but seeing kind of a more intimate side of um, the brand that I don't see on their webpage and I don't see in other forms of media. Absolutely. The behind the scenes of what's happening, because a lot of times brands feel unapproachable, right? Like they're like these big, huge entities. And then when you see like either the people behind it or actually what's going on at corporate or things along those lines, that that's can be very endearing, actually, and and make you feel like a large brand is much more kind of tangible. Are you guys using Facebook at all? We on Facebook, we actually have a mix of sellers and customers. Uh, The unique thing about Zazzle is that it's not just customer base. We have people who make their livelihood selling or designing and selling products. Uh, So we have a really unique mix of people who are coming onto Facebook and saying, hey, you know, I had a question about your shirt sizing. Can you help me with this? Or um, I've misplaced my order. Can you let me know when it's going to arrive? Or, hey, I put in the wrong address. Can you just change this really quickly? Um, Mixed in with sellers who are saying, hey, I, I saw this great product, and I would love to put my art on this. This is something you guys could sell. Um, Oh, that's so great and so interesting. It's a really neat mix and a really neat interaction. And sometimes the sellers and customers will start chatting, which is really interesting also. 
why don't you give dynamic. us why don't you give an overview of Zazzle for people who are not as familiar? Because in in hearing about talking about the sellers and about the customers, it's a really really interesting and unique model. So I would love for you to kind of just explain how Zazzle works. <laughs> in a nutshell. In a nutshell, because <laughs> it's so cool. Well, thank you, Zazzle. Uh, uh, so Zazzle is actually an online marketplace, uh, and it's unique in that uh, a customer could come on and buy a pre-designed product, or a customer could come on and start with a pre-designed product and customize it with text or adding a different background or adding or changing the font style. Um, Zazzle is also unique in that we are an online marketplace for designers yep. to upload photographs or upload their art onto hundreds of different products that they can then set their own royalty and post for sale in our marketplace. So a customer could come along and purchase uh, a product as is with a design already on it. They could also come on and customize it, add text or change a name or change the font style or font color, and then purchase it. Or the customer can start from scratch and create a one-off or create uh, a product that they uh, would like to have for themselves also. So, Kelly, that's really interesting because you're talking, it sounds like, both to designers and then consumers and people who would buy those designs. Uh, Do you have to speak to them differently, and do you find that any are on uh, certain communities more than others? I know you said Facebook was kind of had a a stronger designer community, right? It seems to. We found that our Instagram channel is more populated with people share with customers sharing photographs yep. of their Zazzle products. Yep. They're super excited. They open the box and it's customized and it's exactly what they were wanting. And they were able to buy one. They didn't have to place a huge order with a screen printer or a, a product right. company that, uh, that required a minimum of 50 in order to make the customization. Uh, so people are really, really enthusiastic about that. And it's really fun to see those images come through in our Instagram feed. We actually have a hashtag campaign um, called hashtag ZazzleMade, where Ooh. people tag ZazzleMade uh, with a photo of a Zazzle product that they've customized, and then we have a weekly winner of a fifty dollars Zazzle credit. Oh, that's awesome! I think I have to get my daughter to to do that, you know, you because should. she made yes, those personalized sweatshirts. That was like very serious business, and she's very big on Instagram. So it sounds like you're using each of the networks for different purposes, right? So you're using Twitter to we actively do. engage and have like a, an active social selling strategy against. You're using Instagram for more of a um, kind of just brand building and and really vision zazzle made kind of campaign where you're where you're showing the visuals and and that sort of stuff and then Facebook you're doing a combination of both talking to the designers and the consumers so it sounds like you've got a really healthy mix there how do you Kelly because I know you guys you guys are staffed pretty lean right you don't have a massive staff doing we social are. it's it's exactly. basically you right doing it right now it is so how <laughs> do you shut, <laughs> so you so how do you Kelly how do you shut it off? Like, how do you turn it off when you get home, when you get in your space? Like, uh, that's the big question I've been asking a lot of people in social is like, how do you not feel like you need to constantly be on there? I think the beauty of what I do is the, probably the, the blessing and the curse is that I can do it from anywhere. Yep. Uh, it means that I have access to all of our social, <laughs> it means that I have access to all of our social channels uh, all day, every day, which is both a blessing and a curse. Um, I love that I can, if I have a spare five minutes, 
in the car while I'm waiting to pick up the girls. I can check and kind of check in to see if anything's come up. Yep. Like, are there any tweets that I need to respond to? Is there something, is someone waiting on a product for their child's birthday party and they really need information on when it will arrive? Those are things that I love being able to just to kind of pop in and answer quickly and then be able to kind of separate and walk away from it. Yep. Are you able to um, shut it off? Are you able to exactly. like, you're able to do it? Uh, not entirely. And that's on me. That's <laughs> no, it's hard part to do. It also is that uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes ever uh, is the the work you do while you procrastinate is probably the work you should be doing for the rest of your life. Oh, uh, I think Jessica Hish said that and she's a, 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 a font designer up in the city actually. Uh, but that speaks so deeply to my core and I love social media. I love, I use it personally and I love that I've been able to find this as a profession. I absolutely love that. I've been lucky enough to be that. able to do this on a daily basis. That's awesome. So I, I really love that quote. That was that's a gem. I'm a big fan oh, of I quotes, it. and it's yeah, that's a really really good one. And it's so true, right? It, it is so true. Even being passionate about it, there are days that are really really hard. Yes. Uh, but because I am passionate about it, it's just the flip side of the coin. And those days are so few and far between. But I, I feel like. So many people go out looking for what makes them happy, and it doesn't always make me happy. There are days that are really, really hard, yep. but it's, it's something that I found that I'm passionate about. And I feel like there's a distinction between finding a career that makes you happy and one that you're passionate about. Absolutely. And I, I think that you really nailed it with that, is that it's something that you kind of want to do in your spare time, which is so great. It's, and it doesn't feel like work. Right. It, I love hearing people's stories. They love checking in and seeing how excited people are when they receive their products and seeing their pictures and seeing their baby's first birthday party invitation. And there are just so many stories embedded in our culture, both from sellers who are making their entire livelihoods selling on Zazzle. And that was something that they never dreamed was possible. A lot of our sellers have left more traditional positions. For their passion. Because they're doing exactly what you're doing, which is that's what they probably do when they procrastinate, right? Is they design. Exactly. And they never thought that they could make a career out of it. And with Zazzle, they can. And those are such outstanding stories to see. And they come in pretty regularly. And it's just a neat I love it, Kelly. I think that's so great. And I think that, that that really speaks to kind of the core of what Zazzle's all about, what social's all about, and what you're all about, too, is really just tapping into your kind of core, authentic uh, passion that what you like what you like to do in your spare time and, and really bringing that out as something that you can do as a career. That That's awesome. And I think it's a fine balance. As a, a marketplace, Obviously, we're interested in conversion. Obviously, we're interested in sales and revenue. Yep. We're we're a business. Yep. But I feel like social, our social channels allow us to have a different dimension that we don't have to sell at people and we don't need to talk at people. We can really intertwine our products with the stories of people's everyday lives. That's kind of what Zazzle's about. You can buy a one-off for a birthday party invitation. You could buy... 50 family reunion t-shirts. You could customize a $200 bag for your laptop bag. You can customize a bicycle. There's so many That's so awesome. facets to the company that they there is a niche within Zazzle for every style of designer and every style of consumer and it makes for such an interesting story. 
Yeah, for sure. And do you feel like at the top they really understand that social is a channel for engagement and and advocacy versus direct revenue? I think they do, and I think it's a, again, it's a it's a very delicate balance. Uh, you kind of have to establish yourself and establish your credibility within social before you can really sell to people. And at that point, you don't even need to sell to people because you've already established yourself. Um, you've already engaged the sellers. You've engaged the the customers. And so it, it kind of sells itself at a certain Agreed. point. Yeah. That's... Um, not to say that there's not more to be done. We, we have actually quite a few initiatives that we're working on. It, it really is more about brand engagement and offering it almost as an extension of our customer service team and really being the voice of Zazzle rather than the sales arm of Zazzle. So, Kelly, I was also wondering about advice you have for young people who are looking to get into a career in social media. What advice do you have for them? I think my biggest piece of advice would be to recognize your own voice and really understand who you are. Um, And then find a company whose values and styles are really in step with that. Social media is such a fast-moving space that there's hardly time to run an iteration of a post or a tweet reply through a voice approval process. So you really need to have align yourself with a brand and a company that has confidence in your voice. So you're speaking as yourself. You're representing the brand, but yep. you're, you have your very unique voice that you bring to the table. You don't have to feel like you're speaking as someone that you're not. Absolutely. That's the thing is like all social media is really one-to-one communication versus large. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, Kelly, I loved hearing about your passion, both for it really it came through in every area for your girls and for Zazzle and for social. And I, I really just am so appreciative of your passion and your energy. And I feel so grateful to have had you on today for all the social ladies. So thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. You're awesome. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.